Welcome to Young Mojo Speaks Podcast with your host, Shalonda. This is a conversation about trauma and how it impacts our personal development journeys, taking accountability, and uncovering how foster care and the relationships that we had or didn't have shape who we are and who we will become. This podcast addressed foster care and the system and how foster youth are underprepared for the transition into adulthood. We provide resources and a community to to discuss the issues with the child welfare system and helping youth make that smooth transition into adulthood to better their life choices and ultimately better their lives. If this podcast interests you, we ask you to join the community at Yamoja Speaks on Instagram as well as Facebook. We are branching out to other social media platforms. And if this resonates with you, we ask to share with any of your networks. Hamjambo, see Jambo Leo. I am happy. Y'all, I am happy because last week, I was able to discuss like how my parents impacted my life and I think that I really just explored the good and the bad that it had on me and I'm still of course I'm still exploring it I'm still learning how it's truly impacting me and what characteristics and traits and behaviors that I either strongly have that's wanted and needed and then the others that need to be done away with altogether. So I really wanted to understand how my parents and my family helped to shape me. But of course, this episode is going to be about, it's going to lay the foundation. So it's how my parents shaped me and impacted my life. Because ultimately, everyone that come in contact with us, they ultimately have an influence over us, whether we believe it or not. So before we start, I just want to say something different. I want to let y'all know um, what my little secret is. And so so for like the more we go on, right, the later on in this year, I want to share what I'm listening to. If that's another podcast, I want to give the credit to all of the people that I'm listening to, what I am reading. Of course, I want to give a review on social media and just take a second to think and kind of release for just a second, like maybe 30 seconds with y'all. And so that's going to be it. And this week, my little secret of enjoyment was, so when I was driving, right, I drive for Uber right now, and I got a passenger. This is the second time that she wrote with me. Her name is Miss Monica. And Miss Monica got in, and we just started talking, of course. But I love the fact that she just helps me to think. It was real early, y'all. It was early in the morning. But I love when someone can help me just 
think and just go through like different, um, I don't know, questions to really just think about, right? And so that's what she was there for, just to pose different questions. And I asked her, I reciprocated, I asked her my own questions. However, there was one question, one thing that she stated that really took me and grabbed hold of me and it just would not let go. And that thing is, what would your legacy be after you pass on? Oh my goodness, y'all. I just had to sit there for a second and I was like, ooh, okay, okay. What would my legacy be? And I've had these questions before presented to me, right? And I wrote down what I thought I wanted my legacy to be. And I could go back and I could look at this information. But when she posted, I was, I'm in a different space, right? And so I'm like, okay, well, you go first. Let me hear what your purpose is, right? Let me hear what you're here to do and leave behind. And she told me, what her purpose was, her, what her life mission was to do. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And really what that helped me to think about is that we get messages from people to guide us back into the direction that we need to focus on. So for her to really ask me this deep question this day, it really set in because the days before, like maybe two days before, I had a question posed to me about traveling abroad. And I had told that person, not yet. I had a chance, I had an opportunity, and I missed it. And then she posed the question that she posed, and I was like, ooh, okay. And so I was really happy to really just sit there and think all about my life and my early 20 years, right, of my life. The early 20s of, uh, (laughs) it's like I can't get it, but the early 20s um, and I was in college and what I was doing. And so I think I want to dive into that with another podcast because Next time, we told each other that next time we'll go through how I'm making progress because I got a bunch of notes um, for a project that I have in my head. Like, I know it, and it was a gift given to me, right? But I'm still sitting around waiting for the perfect time, the perfect opportunity to go forward. And the fact that she posed this question and this idea came back up, I knew that this was it. This was something that, that definitely needs to happen. And I, I had this, these notes, should I say, in my notes on my phone for the past couple of years, y'all. So when writing a book becomes difficult, get out in your own head and allow someone to push you to the next level. But I digress. I want to pose the question to you. I want you to think about what will be your legacy when you pass on. 
Mm-mm-mm. Okay. So let's get right into it. Let's get into this episode, okay? So I did talk to my therapist about my parental influence, my parents having an impact within my life over my behaviors, over my thoughts. And while I was in foster care, of course, how they continued to sh- So, yeah, I want to just explore the impact because, yo, they just, they shaped me, of course, but they made an incredible human being. Me! So, really... I do have some unseen scars. I have triggers. I'm not perfect. I have things that are the shadow side of me and I wish to never tell. I have some beautiful things. And so I want to attribute that to the sum of my parents. Why I am who I am because they were who they were. And of course, the foundation that they set for me. And so this podcast right now is only the skeleton of like what it what I'm going to discuss right I'm not going into details I'm not sharing stories I want to individualize my mom versus my dad and truly put into perspective um how I look at the differences and the quality of our relationships individually. So this is just the overview of my parents. So a little bit of background about them is that they were married before I was born. And guess what? They were divorced quicker than I was old enough to like write my name. Old enough to write my name. I remember uh, my mom teaching me how to write my name. So yeah, that was that was at a point where my dad was no longer in my ho- my household. So yes, they got divorced and I was still able to have a pretty equal rela- relationship and development of that relationship with them. I got to spend quality time with each of them. So I stayed with my mom. She had custody of me. And of course, I had my siblings with me. But I would spend like my summers and my weekends with my dad and he would come and get me for special nights. I mean, not like special nights, special days or whatever. And we would just go out and like kick it and have fun. So I had a lot of time to kind of really just kick it and hang out with my dad. And then I don't have the memory of being walked to school by him, but he definitely mentions it, you know, a lot. And so... In my childhood, I know that education, of course, was important. And there was a zero tolerance for disrespect. But my mom always taught me that to get respect, you must earn respect or give respect. So, yeah. And so you're like listening to this, right? And you're like thinking to yourself, well, how did you end up in foster care if you know, this structure of this family is kind of perfect, right? My, my dad actually had a fiance and I would go over to his house on weekends and summer vacations. And we had a family dynamic at his house. So it was me as a child inside a two parent household. So I have this understanding of what it feels like. I just wasn't used to it when I was young. 
So, yeah, that was my early, early years. And, of course, people ask, like, well, when did you end up in foster care and why? Like, screams kind of good. But, 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 I do have five siblings. I have four on my mom's side and one on my dad's side that I know. I didn't know my dad's daughter until I was about 16 years old. But I will say that there are some negative sides of my parents that they had to deal with and still my dad is still dealing with and overcoming every single day that ultimately is shaping who I am based off how he deals with it. And so I see how he deals with it. I see what he's doing. And then I either have those two choices myself. I can repeat it or I can run away fast as heck in the other direction. So I did explore with my dad. I was talking to him and I explored his relationship with my mom and there were a ton of fights, many fights to tell, right? And so before they even met, they had their own complicated web of issues that they had to deal with. My mom already came with, you know, children, four kids before meeting my dad. And my dad did not at the time have any children. And so if you look at this dynamic, my mom came with baggage, right? But truly, my dad came with unforeseen baggage we all carry it we all have it but some of it some people can see and some of it people can't see and so my father had unforeseen baggage that he was lugging around with them and my mom had physical um, children and so you could see her luggage basically her kids and they had their own issues that they had to deal with right they had to live life in Cleveland with parents, right? And their parents ultimately structured how they viewed life and the world. Where they lived shaped who they were as well. And when you really go into the experiences that they had, that ultimately shaped their personalities as well. So... Fast forward to adulthood and their meeting together, they have to work it out. And with working out your issues, sometimes you don't know the best ways. And so you go into self-medicating yourself. I hate the way I just put that. So you go into self-medicating. I like that one better. And yeah, I know, and I guess I'll talk about it later, But I know and I'm fully aware that with issues dealing with some form of trauma that my parents had to face within their own lives, they dealt with it by self-medication. And I am aware that I could possibly turn to the same if I've never recognized it or became aware Because it's in my blood. It's a part of me. It's something that I grew up seeing too. 
And when you see it and it becomes the normal thing, then you say to yourself that it's okay as long as you have a hold on it and you can control it. But that's not the reality of addiction. You cannot control addiction once it starts. But the understanding or the awareness, now that is half of the battle. And the other half, is the choices and the active decision making that it takes to stay away from certain things and or people that will otherwise make it much more difficult to stay away from it. So let's break it down. My mom, let's get into my mom. I have to say so many things, but I'm going to break it down in another episode to really explain details. I'm going to give memories of our interactions. So she had, she had other siblings, my mom. Um, it was only one boy in the family. And I believe it's about, oh man, I always have to like count all of my family members, but I'm just going to go out on a whim here and say it's six girls. But um, <laughs> but my, my mom had some siblings and I got to meet all of my aunties and my one uncle. And my mom was really exciting to be around. She was the life of the party. She was open. She was loud. But let me tell you, she was a no-nonsense, no-nonsense type of person. And she did not at all tolerate disrespect that was one thing that she definitely did not ever tolerate was disrespect and she always told me that you know to get respect you must give it and so if she felt like she was respectful to a person they definitely needed to respect her or she was going to take you to that level um so yeah (laughs) so yeah she definitely taught me the value of having respect, especially for myself. And of course, my elders, I've had the respect for her. And um, I treated her with the utmost respect I could. So she taught me a lot of lessons, but she was a fighter. And she definitely made things happen so I would call her resilient you know but also resourceful she would definitely make things happen and I think that she definitely stood toe-to-toe to make sure that she did not give up and she didn't quit there were times where you know others might think how difficult this is but she stayed and she fought that battle up until she passed away So she told me to explain and tell her story, and here I am. Now I'm speaking about it, and I'm super happy to be in this space and to get to kind of share it, but also understanding that through sharing her story, it's going to bring light and awareness for others who endured similar things that she has, but handled it differently 
or don't know how to handle it. And so when we talk about her issues, we have to discuss her experience, right? And so, yes, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot wait. But that was a small snippet of my mom. And uh, I don't know. Let me see. I don't want to say that. So I did write some notes and I basically explained that with my mom, I was more reserved and quiet. I don't know if that necessarily had something to do with her because my mom was definitely not quiet and reserved but she was brave so yeah forcing her own paths or forcing to be listened to and heard so yeah at my dad's house I know that he was about to remarry and this woman that he was going to be married to was amazing I just can't say too much about her um, but she was a wonderful woman. She was basically teaching me so much culture and within their household, it was, it was happy to see this family dynamic with a two parent household with a dog and a computer. That was the very first time. And mind you, mind you, I am almost 30. I'm saying it on here, but that's not my official age, but I'm almost 30. And by the time we had a laptop, not a laptop, a physical computer in the house, it was, why am I telling you all this? Like this, let me, (laughs) I don't need to tell you that. But anyways, we had a, a computer. So you can only imagine when I think about this, I think back to us having at least a good enough um, or a substantial amount of money, at least not me personally, but my dad and his fiance had a good amount of wealth or financial means to to be capable of taking care of me and an understanding at that time to process that we were a family and that we were moving like that because she took me underneath her wing she did she definitely kind of treated me like her own and she adored me so yeah it was really really impactful on my life to be in that type of dynamic that family dynamic with two parents so it was like more healthy and so at that phase of my life being like five years old right I remember um, him going off to work and he maintained a job. He had a sim, he had a decent, he had a decent lifestyle and okay. But the thing is, I don't remember all of the negative things. Um, I wasn't able to see, I wasn't previewed to all of these negative things. Like I know now he has an issue with an addiction to alcohol and I want to phrase it kind of a different way, but he has an issue with drinking to self-medicate and to forget and to push down certain feelings that he have based off my journey that I had to take. So, yes, he might have drank 
of course, because it don't just start and be like, oh, I'm about to drink. No, but he might have had a drink because I do remember a lot of family members drinking and having fun and having parties or whatever. But I, I didn't know the severity until I got a little bit older. Maybe the severity changed based off me not being in the house with him or visiting him. So I have to mention that um, by the time I moved off of like Huff, I remember the weekend visits stopped and the summer vacations stopped. And uh, there was a change in how often we got to see each other because we were moving around a lot. There was a lot going on. And I'm not sure exactly. I know what I was going through, right? I knew what was happening to me living with my mom, right? I knew that I stayed here because I had to go to school, right? But I don't remember the visits and us being able to develop my dad and I the relationship that we had before you know when I was like five and I ultimately got to see a a shift a change and so that was right before I got into a couple years then I got into foster care but we've moved my mom and my siblings and I moved quite a lot And we were in a few situations, which I want to tell you in the next podcast. So you have to go and listen after this. But, or wait until next week. But yeah, it was a a change in how we were able to interact. But when I did see him, when I did interact with him, he definitely showed me his personality. It was goofy. It was entertaining. And he was a mama's boy. He definitely protected his mom. He went over to visit. He always took me over there to visit. And I developed a healthy relationship with my grandmother. And yeah, it was like, it was really great to have that family around you. And so he was a family oriented person way back then. But he always kept that um, value even though it looks different right now, it looks vastly different right now, but he was able to keep that as a value, even though the implement, uh, the implementing process of like trying to gather the family all together is, it's not looking good, right? But he at least had the notion that I want my family to be together. So he is very observant, and I think sometimes he can be judgmental. <laughs> a lot of times he can be judgmental. Um, but he did have, and I still think that he does possess this quality where he's incredible with numbers. So he could do mental math pretty fast. Um, and I don't think that his alcoholism even affected his ability, especially when he's sober. It hasn't affected his ability to do mental math and the quality of of numbers that he can see. So, yeah, I definitely took that. I remember when I was in high school, I took that quality and I was like, I was like a part of the math leads and I was um, 
asked to go on two retreats to do like exams in math just for math and it was getting me a scholarship but I just didn't go but I definitely remember those days where I was an athlete and I had the opportunity so that was a skill that I took from him yeah um so it basically my notes um explained that I learned about his math ability I think when I was in college and we were like hanging out a little bit more and I kind of was like oh like human calculator right but yeah I want to get into the slight impact that it has on me right so I named up some good and some bad qualities about my parents right and so I want to name some good things about me, which is the resiliency that I have and the inability to just quit different things, right? I continue to fight and ensure that I get what I want. Sometimes I could be manipulative. Um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that I have an influence over people to open up and sometimes do what I need them to do so yeah I what are some I want to say some positive things about myself but I don't want to go directly into the the bad things right (laughs) the negative things so I I do not want to be quiet right like get all quiet but um I was trying to look over my notes right now but um I am a wonderful mom yes I definitely take the time to listen and like I try to be patient as I can but there are times where I am not patient and I get frustrated like any other parent but I get frustrated and I'm like oh my goodness you know better and I get like loud and I'm like no not at all and then I do have the ability to come back and say, like, hey, remember when I was like, no, not at all. I was frustrated. You know when mommy is frustrated. So I definitely have the opportunity to come back and kind of get her or my other daughter to understand, like, hey, my emotions has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. And so having that awareness about myself is definitely a good thing. But I do have some struggles. I struggle with communicating and sometimes being vulnerable, right? I have friends, or I call them associates, that I've never been vulnerable with, right? I would never tell certain things to. And I've never been comfortable enough to be in that space. And so, yeah, getting close to people is hard, John. And I know it's hard for me. So I know you got to admit, like, is it hard for you? Yeah, I thought so. But yes, you know, opening up to somebody is difficult. And we just talked about um, vulnerability. And I'm not there yet all the way. I'm not officially there to be capable of knowing that there's a possibility for me being hurt. And I'm okay with that. Like, I'm... I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not there. I definitely know I'm not there yet. Like that's a higher level of thinking and feeling and understanding about yourself to say that I just want to share authentically as me. I want to show up and smile 
and twirl and twist and giggle like a little girl. Like, though, that's my personality. But I want it to be recognized. I don't always want to be this stern, um, you got to be by this, you got to do this. Because that's not me. Like, while I do have some qualities for my mom that makes me a little bit of a person that's going to go and get what she wants or, you know, knock a person upside the head when I need, you know, <laughs> let me take that back. Um, <laughs> that was funny. But, yeah, I just want to show my personality. I want to be a full dynamic person, like, just show up authentically. But sometimes, sometimes you're that is painful to do because that means that you're showcasing your flaws as well. And don't get me wrong. Um, in some cases, I'm showing my flaws, right? And I think with some people, I, do, I have done it on purpose so that when they get the best of me, they have already received the worst of me. And if they receive the worst with me and they're here, they might be crazy, y'all. But if they if they stay, stick around, right? And they communicate it through my chaotic, you know, frustrating chaos of communication, right? If they stuck out with me and stayed, then obviously it means that something needs to be looked into, observed about the dynamic of our relationship and why. And for me to to then feel comfortable with sharing my success, you got the worst, so now you can get the best. And going through the growth process with a person, and my own personal journey, my growth journey is is for me. But if we're growing together and we're learning, even when it becomes a a friendship, right? My girlfriend, we just chilling, we kicking it, but. We're growing together because we're able to talk out and be vulnerable with one another. It does not have to be my significant partner, y'all. It don't have to be your significant partner. It's about growing with someone. And if they stick around through, you know, a couple of fights, a couple of, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend breakups and stuff, then like they stay true to this. They not new to this, right? And so it, it just makes it easier to look at the relationship that you have with a person when you've been through some stuff so when I communicate badly oof, ooh, get out of the way but I do run away from deep meaningful relationships and this is not just um my partner relationship this is also friendships I was told by a young lady that I was militant and I was like me militant oh can you please describe this for me what do you mean and what she meant is that I was very closed off and as I replay our interactions she was very protective over me and I was like oh okay okay but then when it came to me having to open up and kind of like share more about me, I, I felt like she was priving too much. I didn't know nothing about her like that. But I guess being open and vulnerable is how you get to learn. And we went to the bathroom um, just to talk because it was loud music. And we went to a poetry night. It was uh, jamming and music and good time and people laughing and screaming, of course. And so we went to the bathroom and the way that my body was positioned 
just told it all that I was standoffish. I was on defense. And that's what attributed to her statement. And believe me, I don't understand why. Because it's not with everyone that I take this stance. I became defensive because what she was posing and questioning. This was a time where I go into like my dad. I observe, right? I become the person that just want to kind of understand what's around me. Who are you? Before I get all comfortable with you, like we haven't developed this tight relationship yet. Before I get comfortable with you and vulnerable with you, I want to know more about you. I want to know who you are. And so I think that that was the reason for my defense as the way that I was I was defensive to her. But in other relationships where we're talking and um, I'm interacting with someone that can be a potential friend, I still have a way, not just not in my body language, like, oh, tightening up, but a way of not fully getting close to a lot of my friends. But I was unaware of what was causing it. I was unaware that I was actually even doing it, y'all. So, yeah, that's another thing. You got to be aware. You must know. Um, another bad thing, it might be a good thing. It could be a good thing. I do believe that I I know or have foresight with a lot of things like Definitely know that when it comes to certain things, I can't speak about. But um, I definitely put my nose in things that it probably should not be. When, when it comes to family and somebody that I care about, I'm definitely going to open my ears and listen. But then sometimes I speak and maybe I shouldn't. Because maybe the person didn't ask for me to speak. Maybe they didn't ask for advice. Maybe they didn't ask for something. But I'm just giving it to them because I believe that they need it. That's not right, right? I should be open enough to ask them, like, well, what do you need from me right now? But I have gotten better. And I told my friend, hey, I can't give you the answers. I don't know all the things about the situation. You do. You have all the answers. And so that's now how I communicate and show up for certain people, like certain friends. I now say it from a perspective of, I can't tell you, but I'm here to listen and give you support for going through it. But ultimately, you have the deciding factor for how you choose to go about this situation in your life how you choose to do better or do worse. But ultimately, it's the person that I'm talking to. It's ultimately their choice. But maybe I shouldn't be kind of telling them what I think and feel if it's not uh, if it's not angst for me to do so. <laughs> that comes with being like a know-it-all. But um, the last thing is, I struggled with my anger for a very long time. Like, oh, we, I remember in high school, I was like trying to run down the six foot tall, like he's six foot two or something. I don't know. He was just really tall to me because, you know, of course I'm short, but um, he was tall and I was like trying to chase him down to fight him. 
that's how you know that there was a major issue that I was going through and I was pretty upset yes I had the right I was in foster care I didn't have my siblings anymore life for me had turned and twisted and I bumped my head I didn't have my mom like so there was a lot of things that I had the right to be angry about however I know that I went about it the wrong way so I definitely need to talk to you know someone about this but understanding that yes it's okay to be mad at the situation it's not okay to be mad at an individual person and then take your anger out on that person and they have nothing to do with the situation they have nothing to do with the reason that you're in foster care or you're going through some type of traumatic experience but you take your rage out on them and I had to really learn that as I grew up that I have responsibility to work my own emotions out through my actions that I have control over. I do not have control over me being mad. My madness, right? My anger is an emotional feeling. The moment that I decide to do something, that is my action. That is the 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 emotion drives it, but ultimately I have a choice of what direction I'm going to drive it into. So am I going to turn this anger into something positive and do a hundred push-ups because I have the physicality to do it because I'm so mad. I got this adrenaline pumping through my veins. I'm hype. And so I just hit those push-ups, right? Exercising and getting all of that tension out of my body. Or am I going to match somebody level at the store because they looked at me funny and then all of a sudden when I go outside, I got a flat tire. So the person next to me, I'm thinking that they did it and I'm already ready to shout and, you know, whoop, 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 whoop at them. I don't know. But I have, and they didn't do anything, right? Mind you, I said, I had the flat tire. They didn't do anything. They didn't puncture. They just looked at me, right? After somebody else looked at me in a store. But that's what happens. We have triggers and then all of a sudden we just pop off. So I could go the first route, exercise, or the second route, beat somebody up, beat somebody, excuse me, beat somebody up because they looked at me funny and weird and for my own fault or so, I have a flat tire, right? So it's things like that. So yeah. That is the foundation of my podcast. And um, I think that I was really reflective. And I'm trying to get better at being reflective over my experience and my journey to understand how I can move into the space that I want to be in and really just be in that space of just being happy with that. But that's it for this podcast. And I am so appreciative for you listening. And I'll leave you with this. If you have any thoughts, feelings, emotions to come up, listen. Leave it in our review or like us on this podcast episode, whatever you're listening to. It can be um, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but like us and share a review and then come over to our face, Facebook and Instagram page. All the links will be in the description box. But yeah, come over and then like let's chit chat it up. Let's talk and see where we can go. Do you know 
listen, do you know your traumas, your triggers, and how your parents impacted you? Are you still kind to trying to figure it out? How your parents impacted you? Have you noticed any behaviors in your parents that you now see within yourself? And the last thing is, of course, I got to go back up to the beginning. If you were listening to the beginning of this episode, I told you that I was going to share my secret. And that secret was someone got into the car and asked me, what will my legacy be? So, of course, that will be the last question I ask you to leave off. What will be your legacy that you want to leave on? And are you actively working towards that goal? Because if not, you should. Don't waste another day, another minute thinking and wishing. Just do it. Until next time, next week, I'll talk to you later.